This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Dirt, an audio drama, is a production of Studio 5705. Chapter 14. Dear Little Joey, If I leave too soon to tell you this, what blossoms in the east is bliss. A plot awaits for you to pen, a wealth of golden fruit to kiss. Begin your search where flowers grow, familiar, yet the Father knows not what the gift to grant to you until you ask where we first sowed. Search there for knowledge in the ground, then follow down the trail laid out. In silent words, determine more of places where I heard the sounds. Three more clues about your quest. The year your grandmother and I wed. The doughboy statue in the park. The quiet place where Rose homestead. Keep practicing your piano and seek with care. Imo. Five voicemails. Hi, Joseph. It's been a little while now. Call me back when you get a chance. Hope you found whatever you're looking for. <laughs> Hello? So this, you not calling me back when you say you're going to call me back thing, isn't really what I had in mind when I said, winging it. Joseph, at least send me a text so I know you're okay. Okay? It's your buddy, Carl. (laughs) It's three o'clock and we're about to head back to the Tacoma Dome for the coin show. All you have to do is show up at Will Call, tell my buddy Dave that your name's Ralph. He'll know what to do. Oh, make sure you eat something first. Yesterday they ran out of hot dogs, so we had to make do with some jerky that Dave made last summer from some roadkill out near Tumwater. That stuff is not... Let's just say it didn't sit well with us afterwards. Uh. Hey, Joseph. It's Megan Kimura. Sorry to call you on Saturday, but the inner six met this morning, and there are some urgent things we need to discuss with you regarding your resignation huh. right away. Um, I'm at my daughter's softball tournament, but you can call me back here. Or reach me on our corporate Slack channel, which is still on for you. Thank you, Joseph. Well, this should be good. So, how you doing? I know that technically I don't work for you anymore, but I've been thinking 
Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, motor pool is great and all, but I'm always open to new opportunities. I guess I'd love to know what your next move is. I bet you would. Oh, and I went and got a new phone, too. You can use this number to get back to me. Please do. Jen Peterson with the Seattle Police Department. If this is an emergency, 911 is your friend. Otherwise, leave me a message and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Hi, this is Joseph Elo. We met yesterday. Anyway, I might have some new information about the traffic incident that we talked about. Someone who I just learned might be involved. When you get a chance... Could you please give me a call back? Thank you. So in case you're wondering, yes, I did tear open the metal detector. Not only that, I tore open the other three treasure boxes too. The one from Wapato, the one from PL, and the one from Maryhill. All in the same destructive manner that I tore apart the box from Cumberland, looking for any sign of anything that is new or fake. To University Tire Shop? Yep, thank you. The good news is, I didn't find anything suspicious in the other three boxes, or inside the detector, at least as far as I know. The bad news is that all of Imo's treasure boxes, assuming they actually are Imo's boxes, are now in pieces. And, during my frantic state, I accidentally snapped in half the thin wires that connect the Coin Master's battery housing to its control box. From the tire store, I drive a couple of miles north to a laptop and stereo repair store on Aurora Avenue that has good reviews on Yelp despite its shabby storefront appearance, to see if they might be able to repair the detector's damaged wires. Whoa, you're definitely the guy who called earlier. (laughs) Yeah. How old is that thing? I'm guessing it's from the 70s. And you think it's just the wires that are damaged? Yeah. It worked great before I accidentally snapped them. Hmm. Mind if I take a look inside? Be my guest. Yep, there they are. Well, turns out I've got some extra time this afternoon before closing. I'll call if anything comes up, but should be ready tomorrow morning. Does that work? Oh, yeah, that's great. And I guess one more thing. Would you mind glancing over everything else that's in there? Like all the components and stuff? Just to see if maybe there's anything new in there. You mean like if someone replaced a part or something? Yeah. Sure, I can do that. Great. Thanks so much. You got it. You know, they do make newer versions of this. (laughs) I know. I guess I'm just attached to this older one. Ah, that's what my wife says about me. 
<laughs> Good to be wanted by someone, I guess. Yeah. So, see you tomorrow then. Yep. Okay. Call Kim. You do exist. <laughs> and you're in the car again. Yep. Already on your way to Wilson Creek? No. Not yet. Maybe tomorrow. We'll see. Ah. Well then. Where is Mr. Now that I've resigned, I've got all the time in the world off to now? <laughs> Hello? I'm heading to a coin show. That's not what I expected you to say. I know. With your coins from IMO? Kim, the box from Cumberland. The one I found yesterday. Yeah? It's fake. What? Yeah. How do you know? I tore it apart. Why did you do that? And I think Mel is behind it. Or at least connected to it all somehow. Well, of course she's connected. She's been helping you out. Yeah. Maybe a little too much. I'm pretty sure now that she's the one who had Antonia's license. And then made sure that I got it when I was in the crosswalk. But... It's on the traffic cam footage from Monday. I have it all. Do you know for sure that it's her? I'm pretty dang sure. But not totally sure? Well, no. Not a hundred percent sure. Okay, so, so why do Yesterday, you... Yesterday, when I finally got to the office for the molecular meeting, I asked Mel to watch my stuff for me. That included the bag that had the boxes and the drone in it. Right. And then, when I was done with all that, she gave everything back to me. I didn't give any of it a second thought until this morning when Antonia called to ask me a question about the drone. What kind of question? She wanted to know about the sticker that was on the drone. She says they have similar drones on their farm, so she wanted to compare the info. Right. But when I went into the garage to tell her what was on the sticker, the sticker was gone. Huh. Yeah. So, that's it? What? A blurry video that you said might show Mel, and a sticker that's been removed. Well, okay. There's more. The box from Cumberland that I said is a fake? It was purchased at the same store that Mel bought the costumes from. And there was a stamp hidden inside the lid that said copyright 2019. There was even an RFID tag. Yeah, that is all concerning. But do you know for sure that the box was Mel's doing? It's also things that I remember that she said right after the accident happened. I thought she was in the office. But when she called when I was hiding in the coffee shop, she said, I saw what happened. So that, plus seeing someone who looks just like her on the video footage. Yeah. 
But Mel is also the one who told you about the drone in the first place, right? And isn't she the one who told you about the woman in the red headphones following you? Joseph, why would Mel tell you these things if if she's in on it all? Wouldn't that kind of be like telling on herself? Maybe she's just trying to throw me off the scent. Maybe. And I'm not saying you're wrong, but it also doesn't add up, you know? She doesn't seem like the secretly plotting against you type. I just have a really bad feeling about all of this. Right. Just like the bad feeling you had about Salvador, whose background check came back clean. (laughs) And how you felt about me and my supposed lurid connections to R.A. Hastings. And Carl the Fish and Wildlife Guy. You said yourself that these notes from IMO could all be handwritten by an AI program. What about the other boxes? Were they new, too? No. Not that I can tell. Well, okay. Whoever is behind all of this, they couldn't affect everything, right? I mean, we know IMO's stories are real. And we know the home movies from decades ago are real. And then there's the handwritten letter that Salvador and Maria received from IMO. AI definitely wasn't doing that kind of stuff back then. So, I don't know. Maybe Mel is just Mel. You're really going to a coin show? By yourself. Hello? Again? I'm meeting Carl there. (laughs) What? Don't ask. Text Antonia. Hey, I'm sorry I haven't called back yet. But I'm wondering if you don't have plans for tomorrow, would you be willing to help me out with something? It would mean coming over here for the day and then back to the farm after. I'll be busy for the next hour or two, but I can call later tonight or in the morning with more details. Autocorrect. Details, not pigtails. Welcome to the Pierce County Coin Club Convention. Uh, thanks. You must be Dave. Yes. I'm here to pick up a ticket. The name's Ralph. Ah, Ralph. I was told you might be arriving. Uh, one moment here. Sure. So, isn't the Tacoma Dome a little large for a coin show? Oh, you've obviously never been to the Pierce County Coin Club convention before. Can't say I have. Okay, here. 
this is for you. Let's see if I can squeeze it through this little window slot here. Whoa. Okay. Your ticket's inside there, along with some other supplies. Supplies? I look inside the bag and see a camouflage-colored baseball hat, a flannel shirt, and an orange vest. Let's just say a certain someone we both know thought you might need to fit in a little better with the crowd. And I'd say he was right. <laughs> Make sure you uh, get the fake mustache, too. Our friend said you might want it. Oh, I'll need those clothes back, too, when you're done. Oh. Are these yours? Don't worry. I washed them just last week. Did you find the ticket? Here it is. How much do I owe? Oh, don't you worry about that, Ralph. It's on the house. Ah. Thanks. Walleye, this is Sturgeon. Over. Walleye here. The eagle has arrived. Should we fly him in? Over. Roger, Sturgeon. I'll intercept at the entrance. <laughs> okay, Ralph. You're all set. And may the coins be with you. What? Oh, it's just what we like to say to each other. Ah, I see. All right. Well, thanks again. Well, I'll be a turkey with a bib on. Oh boy! <laughs> I can't believe you actually showed up. Whoa, whoa, now, hang on there. What? You got the vest on inside out. I do? You do. Here. Alright. Okay, that's better. And here, how about you put these on? They're Bernie's reading glasses. He's got a few extra, so that's okay. No, no, I, I feel like the hat and the vest are good enough. Okay. Well, how about you just put them folded up in your front pocket? It'll make you look like a professor or something. Yeah, like that. There you go. Okay, so, where do you want to go first? Where do I want to go? You're the one who invited me here. How about I just follow your lead? Roger that, Ralph. Wall out of school. We are in the stream. Over. Copy. Copy that. Huh, understood. The Tacoma Dome is big enough to host state championship football games, concerts by major entertainers, and monster truck races. And as we walk around, I notice that nearly every square inch of the huge floor is taken up by tables or kiosks or booths, where hundreds of coin dealers, some dressed up in costumes since it's Halloween, are milling about, talking amongst each other or proudly displaying their wares. I didn't know what to expect before I walked in, but I'll admit, it's pretty impressive. The attendees appear to be of all ages and backgrounds, and most have ID cards attached to lanyards, hanging from their necks. And most look for all the world like there's no other place they'd rather be on a Saturday night. Oh, howdy, Wendy. Yep, just taking my buddy here to see uh, what's going on. 
It's totally not his first coin show or anything like that. Apparently Carl is well known here, and he waves hi to many people as we walk past dozens of vendors displaying every kind of shiny coin you can imagine. A lot of the vendors have chairs in front of their tables for the curious to sit down and gaze at their prized collections. So are most of these people hoping to make money here? Or is this just more like showing off what you've already got? Oh, there's definitely some Fort Knox kind of cash ola going back and forth. You better believe it. Oh, this way. Carl darts to the right and heads towards a woman dressed as Dolly Parton, about 30 feet away. I follow, but keep my distance. It's okay, Joe. I mean, Ralph. Mindy here don't bite. Oh, Carl. I'd sure like to take a big bite out of you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay, Mindy. So, Ralph, don't let the costume here fool you. Mindy here is also from PL. Born and raised, and then some. Trust me. We went to school together, and now she lives just down the road from me and Dad. Oh, and she also has a Metal Seeker TR-9000, limited edition with a dual-band multi-flex search coil and carbonite spring that she saved up for, uh, what was it, like three years to buy that thing. That's right. I'm not going to lie. Me and the boys are pretty jealous about that thing, but we ain't got to go into that right now. I just hope one of these days Carl gives me that private lesson he promised. <laughs> Ooh, <yeah. clears throat> well, we'll see about that. Are you enjoying the show, Ralph? I mean... You know. Oh, Ralph here is a big detector. <laughs> In fact, I'd say he's a natural if I ever saw one. He's found some pretty amazing stuff already. Oh, we'll have to get you on our mailing list for the Sunday metal detecting meetups. We go all over the place. Raymond, Centralia, Adna, even sometimes Castle Rock. Oh, hi there. Mindy abruptly turns to someone else she knows. <laughs> and they immediately begin chatting as if Carl and I are no longer there. So, Mindy. Oh, don't you peer any mind. <laughs> so, how many of these do you go to? Oh, uh, not that many. Maybe a couple dozen a year. <laughs> That's not very many. Well, some of them are pretty small. Just a few of us diehards in a high school gymnasium somewhere. I had no idea this was such a thing. Why were you so adamant about inviting me here? You don't want to know? Don't want to know what? How much that 38 Jefferson is worth. The what? The nickel you found the other night at the VFW. Oh. I mean, sure. Someday, I suppose. Well, I guess for someone like you... With lots of money in the bank, that makes sense. But for folks like me and Bernie and Mindy and Dave, with, you know, with the jerky, out there in the will call booth, I tell you, if we could make a find like that when you did, that would be some kind of deal. Hi, Carl. (laughs) Uh, Why the radios? And if I'm going to have a call sign, it's Archer, not Eagle. Archer? (laughs) Okay. Look, Joe, when I found you at the lake the other day, you know, the day you said I was tracking you? Which I definitely was not. (laughs) 
I got the sense real quick that you were trying to stay incognito. I mean, maybe it's because of all that stuff you've been trying to dig up. Now don't worry, I'm not trying to find out what stuff you're up to. That's your business. But like I told you a few times now, I can help. In fact, you can count on me and my boys looking out for you. Looking out for me? What does that even mean? And why would I need you to do that? Well, Ralph, that's what detector buddies do. They have each other's backs. It's an unspoken trust. Parts to Walleye. Come in, over. Walleye here. Got eyes on a Dotson in the parking lot. Wait, did he say Dotson? Without a word, Carl quickly moves closer to me, as if to provide cover. And without thinking, I cower next to him, trying to hide. Even though we're still out in the open, between rows of tables. I quickly scan the crowd, and he does the same, looking for anything, or anyone, who seems out of place. Which, to me, here, on Halloween night, could be anybody. Roger that, Perch. Can you ascertain if said vehicle has an occupant over? I start to feel like everybody is looking at us, which they probably are, given our strange entanglement in the middle of the floor. Here. Carl quickly shuffles me over towards Mindy and whoever she's talking to, and sits me down in a chair at a table. He then stands guard right behind the chair with his back to me, shielding me from passers-by as he gazes around. That's a negative walleye. Vehicle is empty. They must be in here already then. Carl, how do you know about the Dotson? Well, you accused me of driving a Dotson at the lake, remember? That's when I really knew you were in rough shape. Ask them, what kind of Dotson? Just ask. Perch, can you ID the model of said vehicle in question? Over. Affirmative, walleye. Looks to be a 720. I'd say early 80s and white. Gotta say for me though, I always preferred the blue exterior over the white. So not a 280. The red was okay too. Perch, confirming that said vehicle under suspicion is in fact a two-door pickup. Over. Yeah. Isn't that what I said? Yeah, I know. <sighs> Confirmation confirmed. School, stand down on alert status orange. I repeat, alert status orange. Alert status orange, Roger. Copy that. Orange, copy. So, I gather the Dotson parked outside isn't your Dotson then? No. School, revised status to green. I repeat, we are at DEFCON green. Acknowledge. Roger, Walleye. Copy that. I'm ordering cheese sticks from the concession stand up in section 105 if anyone wants any. My goodness, are you two doing okay? It looks like you were trying to hide from somebody. Oh, uh, hi there, Mindy. Yep, just fine. Everything's copacetic. Okay. Well, Barb here has a customer, so we're going to need that chair you're sitting in. Oh, right. 
Here you go. You know, I think... I think I'm just gonna get rolling. Wait, already? There's so much more to see. I mean, I figured I'd introduce you to the rest of the school, at least. And don't worry, they don't know who you really are. I told them your name is Ralph Dot Lauren. They'll never know. Who you really are? Uh, I just mean that Ralph here is one of the uh, best metal detectors around. Darn near legendary already. <laughs> we just don't want that getting out, if you know what I mean. Oh. Well... All the more reason to add you to the Sunday mailing list I mentioned. <laughs> sure. My weekends are pretty full for a while, though. It was nice to meet you, Mindy. Now, hold on. <laughs> Wait just a minute. I mean, you came all this way. You sure you don't at least want to see what that coin is going for these days? No, I'm good for now. Thanks, though. Sounds like you better get up to Section 105 before all those cheese sticks are gone. Okay. All right. See you around, Carl. All right, then. I'll call you. There are three more shows this month. Plenty of chances to meet up. I, I don't want to force falafels on you, but we got them. Okay, bye. Just wanted to get a good look around. And, you were right, it is impressive in there. Did Carl offer you any of the jerky I made? <laughs> no, he didn't. Here you go. Thanks again for the clothes. Ralph, it was my honor. I hope we can serve you again. Fortunately, I still have the ticket in my pocket, and the mustache from the bag that Dave gave me. Bernie's readers too. Perfect. I attached the mustache above my lip, and put on the glasses, keeping them low on my nose so I can see over them. Then I put on the Seattle Mariners baseball hat that I brought with me from home. And head back to the Tacoma Dome entrance. I wait in the dark near a trash bin until a group of other attendees arrives. And then I carefully walk close to them so I can avoid Dave's watchful gaze. It doesn't take me long to find my way to a booth that I'd spotted earlier with a sign that reads Evergreen State Numismatic Society. Inside the booth is a wide table with several bright lamps and various kinds of magnifying tools. A man and a woman are seated behind the table. He's dressed up as Abraham Lincoln, 
complete with a tall top hat. She's wearing a shirt that is covered with small green leaves, and on her head is a foam Statue of Liberty crown. The man is cheerfully talking to an older couple sitting on the opposite side of the table. I watch as he carefully examines numerous coins that the couple have brought in, separating them into piles that I presume represent relative value. I can see on the monitor on the table that the couple has so far amassed a total of $3.88 for the big bundle of coins they've brought in. So much hope and effort, but so little payoff. I reach into my pocket and pull out a small envelope that contains the nickel, dime, and quarter from the PL, Maryhill, and Cumberland boxes. Boxes that I've completely destroyed. Boxes found by a detector that I've damaged. Damage that resulted from finding out that at least part of the strange quest I've been on, and that has briefly taken over my life, isn't genuine at all. Imo, wherever you are, I hope you don't take this personally. Can I help you with anything? Hi. Yeah. So, you must be the U.S. Mint? Hmm. You're good. The smell gave it away. But you can call me Kathy. Kathy Chen. Ah, nice to meet you. Enjoying the show? Uh, you know, I'm actually on my way out. But I figured I might sell a few coins first. Well, just know that the ESNS only provides written estimates. The what? Evergreen State Numismatic Society? The booth that you're at? (laughs) Right. The idea is, you can take whatever value we assign here, and then shop your coins around with the vendors to see who makes you the best offer. Ah. Is that what you want to do? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Oh. What? Everything okay? Wow. (laughs) Could, Could you hang on a moment? Sure. Kathy spins in her chair and grabs a tablet from a backpack behind her. She turns it on and taps on the screen a few times and then sets the tablet on the table next to the coins. This is just to cross-reference my findings with a few sources to make sure I'm being completely accurate. You're definitely going to want that. Okay. Abraham Lincoln, who's now done helping the older couple, peers over to see what's going on. Boy, Kath, you haven't been this excited in a while. What do you got there? He wheels his chair over and takes a peek. They share a glance before he wheels back to grab his laptop and starts typing on his keyboard. Kathy then puts on a pair of thin, white cotton gloves. I'm so sorry. I didn't ask you your name. Oh, uh, it's Ralph. Goodness, Kathy. What seems to be all the excitement? I turn my head and see an older woman wearing what appears to be a homemade slot machine costume made out of cardboard and other arts and crafts. Oh, hi, Lois. Well, we're trying to find that out right now. Are these your coins she's fussing about? Yeah. She only gets like this when something big is going on. 
These numismatists, they really live for the rare stuff. I notice a few more people, some costumed and some not, walking towards the booth, each with a look of curiosity on their faces. Kathy here helped my grandson with his coins. He got a whole $17 worth. He used the money to buy a video game he just <laughs> had to have. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Ralph, let's take these one at a time. Is it okay with you if I touch the coins? Sure. Ho-ho, Kathy's got the white gloves on. Hang on, are you supposed to be... What are you dressed up as? She's the U.S. Mint, Gary. Oh, right. Wait, does this slot machine lever on your arm actually work? I'm definitely starting to feel uncomfortable with the (laughs) gathering crowd. Also... I consider asking for my coins back so I can leave and avoid any more attention. But Kathy and Abraham Lincoln are still taking turns closely examining the three coins and consulting their screens and each other and writing down notes. I check to make sure my mustache is still on and I glance over my shoulder towards the exit to make sure I have a clear path to get out of here as soon as this is all over. Okay. Well, you're very fortunate, Ralph, that each of these are in exceptional condition. Which is why we can provide estimates on the higher end of the value spectrum. And, by the way, if you choose to keep these instead of selling them, I'd suggest storing them individually. And in something more protective than a paper envelope. (laughs) Right. Noted. Okay, so... Based on our mutual findings. (laughs) Knock that off, Gary. (laughs) Our market estimate for the 1938 nickel is... $600. Gary. That's about 100 times the value of a similar coin in average condition. Whoa. Which, again, is why I recommend protecting it. So it stays that way. Okay. This is like And so now like, the nineteen thirty-two Washington Quarter. You've got a fairly rare one here in that it's a demon mark. The estimates are much more common. Oh, the estimates. And so, again, you know, noting the excellent that. condition of the coin. How much for this one? Our estimate for the quarter is fifteen thousand five hundred and fifty dollars. Is it Ralph? Ralph, my booth is right over there. I'd be happy to make you a nice offer right now, tonight. Uh, I... I don't... Gary! He hasn't even heard what the dime is worth yet. I glance again towards the exit and notice the walkway is even more crowded. It appears that Imo's coins are suddenly the talk of the Pierce County Coin Club convention. And finally... (laughs) The 1916 dime. So again... The coin is the D mint mark, making the value quite high given its rarity. They didn't make many of these mercury dimes to begin with. And although this one is in a little less pristine condition than the others, the demand more than makes up for any minor blemishes. By the way, this is quite exciting. How did you come across these? I rather not say? No. Oh, 
Of course. I'm sorry. It's none of my business anyway. It's okay. Uh, before we're done, can I get your business card? Sure. I volunteer my time at these shows, but I do have a private practice. Feel free to call any time. Okay. Thanks. Okay. So, for the dime, our estimate is... <laughs> Gary! <laughs> Twenty-three thousand five hundred and seventy-five dollars. So all told, you're looking at nearly forty thousand dollars for all three. Hang on, that's crazy. Kathy quickly and kindly puts each coin in its own small Ziploc bag and hands them back to me, along with a complimentary set of unused cotton gloves. Abraham Lincoln then hands me a printout of the estimates on certified ESNS letterhead. I really appreciate all this. I thank them both for their time through the commotion and stand up to try to leave, Oop, but bump into the slot machine. Sorry. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Ralph? Yeah. I'm Brenda. If you want, I can pay you in Bitcoin. Uh, thanks. Uh, maybe some other time. Hi, my name's Desmond, and uh, my booth, it's, uh, it's right over here. I appreciate it. Actually, I'm just on my way out. I check my mustache again and pull my mariner's cap down low. Excuse me. As I start to make my way towards what looks like a wall of people, blocking me from the exit. <sighs> All wanting to grab me or get my attention. Shoot. I check my phone to see what time it is and notice that I have two missed calls. Nice. One from Antonia and one from Detective Peterson. Now, if I can just get out of here. Well, out of school. Alert status orange. Oh. Over. Crap. I look over my shoulder and there he is, standing with Dolly Parton at his side. Roger, walleye. His radio is clipped to his front pocket and he has a cheese stick in one hand and a tub of marinara sauce in the other. I briefly worry that I've offended him by sneaking back into the show on my own. Initiating Operation Transport Archer, Alpha One, over. But instead, Carl smiles a big toothy grin. Confirmation confirmed. I look back toward the exit and see several men in orange vests and camouflage pants starting to make a path for me through the crowd. <laughs> okay. I then nod knowingly to Carl. Yeah. The kind of nod, I have a feeling, coming through, that detector buddies make to each other. Dirt, an audio drama, is a production of Studio 5705 and is written, directed, and produced by me, Chris Cayella. This chapter features the voice talents of Megan Morales as Antonia, Jeannie Leslie as Kim, Aaron Patterson as Carl, Cheryl Tamayose as Megan Kamira, Jesse Brown as Mel, Brittany Carroll as Detective Peterson, Kent Atwood as the Stereo Repair Shop Guy, Jeff Hostetter as Dave, Katrina Hostetter as Mindy, 
Tiara Law as Kathy, Rick Hutter as the guy dressed up as Abraham Lincoln, Terry Bender as Lois, Colton Dunn as Gary, Kristen Bridge as Brenda, Cameron Kennerly as Desmond, Ken Cayella as Imo, and Sarah Cayella and Sean Noyes as voices in the crowd. I play the part of Joseph. This is just the beginning of Dirt Season 3. Stay tuned for six more episodes, releasing over the next couple of months, with plenty of plot twists and cliffhangers, as well as appearances by Antonia, Salvador, Maria, Mel, and other returning and new characters. For more information about Dirt and Audio Drama, visit DirtAudioDrama.com. And if you like what you hear, please spread the word on Twitter or whatever social platform you use. Word of mouth absolutely helps the podcast grow. We'll be back soon with Chapter 15. Until then, and as always, thank you very much for listening. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. If you love actual plays D&D, Hades, or Greek mythology and improv, be sure to check out Rogue Runners Volume 1 in the Blood to follow the adventures of Alexander the Great, King of Macedon, and Drunk Paladin. Oh, sorry. I guess now I'm... Alexander the Grump. Rolf, part-time sorcerer, full-time boomer. Is it a sex thing? It was a sex thing! Arete, stealthy rogue and even thirstier mobster. Mm, Have you bathed and brought to my tent? And Annie, legendary bard and chocolate milk fanatic. Together, these four wretched shades will battle their way out of hell for another chance at life, with a little help and hindrance from gods and monsters alike. Word of advice when you're opening up these things, you're supposed to say, Olympus, I accept this message, in some really serious voice. Take your place among the living again. Your tactics are adept, if too elegant for my tastes. My dear, saying no is never a crime. You hit like a Philistine. You're not getting out of here alive, wretches. A pinky promise? A double pinky promise. When you die, you'll have to tell me all about it. Rogue Runners, an actual play audio drama made during the pandemic, all while maintaining proper social distancing. And I'll follow at a six-foot distance. How about a five-foot distance for D&D purposes? Sure. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 